Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody. Welcome to High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PostiesGrown.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have TG from Canada. Hello, from, uh, yeah, live from not-so-hot Treaty 6 territory, aka Saskatchewan. Hope you're all doing well and growing some nice cannabis. <laughs> nice, and we have yeah. Bubblehawk from Australia. G'day, guys. Bubblehawk here from the land of Vegemite Sunrises. Veggie might sunrise. Never had that. Shit. Wow, sounds like an eagle song. <laughs> the Australian <Yeah>. eagles. <laughs> the Australian eagles. Those, the, the vultures. Those, yeah. Uh, what is that? The rescuers the doing under? That's what it is. The cockatoos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we anyway. got eagles down here. Uh, yeah. We also have monkey who is on location today, <laughs> so his uh, his audio is a little bit off. Oh, well, audio is a little bit off, but Monkey here, uh, remote from the Southeast US. How's it going, guys? Oh, good. And we also have Marge from Canada. That's right. Another Canadian here, eh? Also host of Fight Me, the show about edibles. That's right. Shameless plug. That's right. Shameless yes. plug. Shameless. There yeah. you go. And where can we find <laughs> the show about edibles, Marge? You can find Bite Me, the show about edibles on your favorite podcasting platform. What's it about? It's about <laughs> edibles. Surprise, surprise. No way. Who would have thought it? <laughs> I know. Shit. I know. Uh, the name was very creative, wasn't it? The Australian Pink Floyd are dope, says Unsure. I haven't heard of them, but that reminds me of on a random tangent there. If you haven't seen it, if you like Pink Floyd, you've got to go see that Pink Floyd in Pompeii, where they go to the amphitheater and they play some tunes. Like, fucking epic. Are that old? Epic, wow. man. Who's that? Back in Pompeii. Pink Floyd. I didn't think they were that old, but they I'm played sure back it's in Pompeii. Pompeii. One of the, um, I'm sure it's Pompeii. This is before the eruption. Just, just after. Just no. after. Just after. <laughs> that was the joke. That was the joke. <laughs> Zoom right over his head. Nice, uh, nice, hey, good joke. <laughs> yeah, man. So anything nice? Well, in the UK here this week, we've had some real warm weather. We got, I got to where I am to 31 degrees Celsius. Nice. Very rare to hit that high. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Very England, good. Man. 31. You know what nice. I'm saying? Very we were nice. at 34 yesterday, but Damn. kind of typical. But for you guys, that must have been real shit. Yeah, we don't have aircon and shit. Do you have aircon in Canada? You can, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we were just talking about it. Yeah. We, you can get it. Not everybody has it because it's, no. not, it's not a thing that comes with your house, right? Sometimes. Oh, it sounds like Marge has it. Marge has it. Well, yeah. okay. To be fair, uh, my <laughs> husband does Disclosure. HVAC for a living. Right. So not having air conditioning would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sandwich. It'd be like me exactly. not having a watering can, right? That'd be weird. Right. Exactly. Would you buy an AC from this guy who doesn't have his own? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you do. You And with the way the weather's going, man, I think, uh, I think we're going to get it. Maybe not this year, but next year for sure. Uh, congratulations to Australia on winning the World Darts Championship. Does anybody nice. even play darts anymore, John? Well, obviously. <laughs> 180. You know, um, it's a bullseye. Remember that darts. TV show, Bullseye? Those guys are crazy, though. Like, the way, how accurate they can. And it's just like bowling, too. You know, like, I bowl, mm -hmm. I play darts. I just whip the thing at the board, and sometimes it goes. But these guys are like every time it's exactly where they want it it's, yeah it's crazy it's, very, it's cool. very accurate i mean and it, it's a real good one because i think sports should simulate in some way some kind of survival technique and it's like hunting they got these little <laughs> they go fishing with just yeah. the darts and they just throw it flat into the water gotcha you little fucker you know, <laughs> you know what i'm saying that, that's what yeah. that's how sports should be it's like i don't get football people just running around with the ball it's like well, what kind of what kind of survival of tactic rules. is that just need lawn darts. We should bring that shit back. Oh, like, like the old lawn darts. Oh, yeah. That. We still have those at my house in uh, where my parents live in the small town. I play with did them those, the Did those get banned back in the 90s? Oh, yeah. Big yeah, time. when people started getting <laughs> popped in the head with them. I'm literally yeah. lawn darts. Did that well, you think about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But Go down just there to... and, and don't worry. I'm going to throw this thing. I'll be careful. <laughs> <laughs> to, we used to just throw them as high as we possibly could, you know, and, and then run. Just, yeah, yeah, and then run. Like, oh. yeah. 
Good times. Yeah, Listen, personal, personal. <laughs> uh, good times, man. When we when we was allowed to play those crazy games, lots of the games we used to play back in the day are banned now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I think tetherball is another one. Played a lot of what? tetherball. Tetherball. Don't you remember that one? It's literally uh, of a course. game with a ball tethered to a pole. Uh, I don't see it in any playgrounds anymore. No, that's because people don't go outside anymore. Just <laughs> there could be that too but like yeah, in yeah, school exactly. playgrounds i don't see them around in like schoolyards was it a brilliant game or was it just some lazy person it's just like fuck what are these kids gonna do i just tie a ball to that pole there you know what tg <laughs> i used to be really good at tetherball just so you know so how do you just shush what is being good at tetherball we would play a recess and like you'd have your yeah. champ and everyone would take the turn to try and knock the champ out of their position yeah. and you know and that's also and they're smart so let's go let's that's go right. <laughs> and, i think we played a lot in grade four and it was in grade four that i really started to swear like a trucker so that was thanks to tetherball yeah, good times. See, we used good to play times. a game called british bulldog i don't know what you guys call it oh my god yeah we played that too yeah just british everybody bulldog. line up and well, one person stands in the middle of the field and then there's a line of kids and there used to be like 30, 40 kids because everybody played outside then. And then all them kids would just charge and whoever's in the middle had to try and grab somebody and then mm. pin them down. And that was the British Bulldog. And then they're on the t- on the team and then oh, right, backwards okay. or forwards across the field until everybody was caught. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we played uh, Red Rover. Was it Red yeah. Rover? What's the yeah, one yeah. where you had to like run through the arms yeah. of kids? Red Rover, Red <laughs> Rover, I call Marge. Yeah, we call that stuck in the mud. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that was a brutal game too. You just get fucking clotheslined. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, those are the days. Good times. Good times. We used to play one called uh, Barcode, and you'd get like an empty, empty carton of chocolate milk, and you'd pop the top down so it was a nice little cube, and then everyone would stand around. You'd get like thirty people standing around in a, in a big um, crowd, and you'd have to everyone would take a chance at, at smacking this this thing up in the air. And so if it landed on the ground, like, so it didn't matter who hit it, you could only hit it once, but if it landed on the ground and the barcode's facing up, everyone got the puncher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that ended in tears a lot. Well, oh, well, good times though. You know, we didn't have the same uh, luxuries that kids nowadays have. Uh, we we had outside to play with and that's it. We had to use our imagination for the rest of it. (laughs) Really? So... I think it's time for the news. Is everybody ready? I think so. Born ready. Yes. Sweet. Let's do it, man. So here is this week's cannabis news and events from High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PercySquareRoom.com. We have five news articles from all around the world. Uh, Is there anybody who wants to jump in and go first? Rock, paper, scissors for it. Sure. I'll go first. Mine's Please, kind of a positive story. It's, it's cool. kind of a well. It is a cool story, actually. It comes from the uh, the country of Thailand. We all know Thailand. They've been mm-hmm. in the news quite a bit lately. They have legalization, right? Um, and so, yeah, the the title kind of has something to do with legalization, but it'll be more able to be pursued due to this legalization. So, how cannabis-fed chickens? may help cut Thai farmers' antibiotic use. Um, and the sub-headline here is, scientists observe fewer cases of avian bronchitis and superior meat after chickens given cannabis. Yes. That's pretty, I mean, sounds great, right? Uh, <laughs> well, it is because, uh, I don't know if everybody knows out there, but a lot of farms give their animals antibiotics just in their feed all the time because oh, yeah. it apparently adds about 10% of the weight to the animal just by feeding them antibiotics, man. But this For is sure. also encouraging the whole antibiotic resistance thing that's going to kill us all in 30 years. Yeah. But, well, not only that, but like they mentioned the, the avian bronchitis. That's avian flu, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, if we have less cases of that, you know, or, or things like that, there's a lot less chance of, you know, jumping into humans and having outbreaks like we've seen over the, the past decades and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, further on in the story, it, it goes on. It all began when, and I apologize for the pronunciation, Try it, do it. Panya Chatiraska. Um, yeah, that weren't bad, was, TG. That weren't bad. Yeah. I mean, you can sound it out. I just don't know where the accents would be on, on, the, on the name there. But um, yeah, <laughs> he is a farm owner in North Thailand who is licensed to grow medical cannabis. 
and he was wondering what to do with these many excess leaves he has amassed, as we all wonder, you know, um, if you grow, which if you're listening, you probably do. And yeah, there's always a lot of leaves left over, right? So being a chicken farmer, he's like, could his brood of chickens benefit from the leftovers? Um, and there were some people at the local university in Chiang Mai, uh, which is in North Thailand, that were also curious. They've since, since January, last January, they've studied a thousand chickens at the Ongard's Pethlana Organic Farm in Lampang to see how the animals responded when cannabis was mixed into their food or water. And the results are very promising and suggest that cannabis can help, as mentioned, reduce farmers' dependence on antibiotics uh, due to, you know, the, the less instances of, uh, or the lesser instances of avian flu and other things like this. Um, yeah, so basically they observed the chickens to see what it did. Um, they measured uh, their growth, their vulnerability to disease, and to see if their meat and eggs were different in quality or if they contained cannabinoids. Um, the animals were given the plant in varying intensities and various forms. Some were given water that had been boiled with leaves, others just ate feed that was mixed with leaves. And they say no abnormal behavior was observed, so the chickens didn't get, you know, ripped or anything, as chickens don't. Um, because, as we know, the resin is where the active components are, and generally on the leaves there's not too much resin. So they say that the active levels of THC um, and CBD range from 0.2 to 0.4%. So not very much, but maybe enough to actually have some sort of effect, you know, because we know THC and CBD and other cannabinoids are antimicrobial and anti, you know, they, they, uh, they're good for, for cleanliness, basically. Um, but the results are yet to be published, but they say they observe positive signs. The cannabis supplemented chickens tend to experience fewer cases of avian bronchitis and the quality of their meat, which is judged by the protein, fat, and moisture content, as well as its tenderness, was also superior. So, yeah, what do you guys sweet. think about that? I that's that's going to be some tasty ass chicken, bro. Yeah. Mm. Right? Yeah, I, um, think that, I think it's great. Great idea. I mean, we had talked about how CBD was, had any, any uh, bacterial qualities. This just goes to prove it. Wow, sure. man. And hopefully cool, it passes yeah. on to other animals around the farm as well. You know, they start feeding cows with it and sheep with it, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, sweet. the more countries that legalize and have, you know, the ability to use this stuff, I have a feeling like if, if Canada wanted to do this, we wouldn't be able to because of the ridiculous, you know, mm -hmm. regulations that, that go into waste destruction and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, that might be an issue here, but hopefully in the future they can prove that, you know, um, this is this is a viable thing, and, and how yeah. did it happen that all of a sudden Thailand is leading the fucking way? And it's yeah. been like two weeks ago we heard the story about they're gonna start giving everybody cannabis plants to grow at home. And it's like yeah. like three weeks ago it was fully illegal, and you had death penalty and shit, and now we yeah. have this. It's crazy how it's changed. Yeah, well, and quickly, yeah, like you were saying, mm. just have seemed to happen very quickly, but. It could happen like that in the UK too. Maybe or in hopefully. places in the states, you never know. Just one day it's illegal, and the next day, mm -hmm. life is life is the way it should be. We can dream. Or is it? <laughs> Just a couple of I things in so. chat there. Uh, the dude says, "Comfortably numb solo in Pompeii will melt your face." Yes, the dude. Everybody really Ooh. got to check that shaman. man. If you haven't checked out Pink Floyd live in Pompeii in the amphitheater, check that. My God. It's $2 like dollars and eighty beautiful. cents a pound. Wow. What, what is? And the article goes on to say that the chicken will be a little bit more expensive because cannabis is still pre pretty expensive to use as a feed, but mm -hmm. chicken generally sells for sixty baht, which is a dollar forty or a pound forty. So it'll be Sounds two like pounds and eighty cents. Is that expensive for chicken? I don't know. Two pounds. I don't know. At cents. the start of this article, it was like, I wonder what to do with all these spare cannabis leaves I've got. And now it's like it's going to be more expensive because I'm feeding it my expensive cannabis fat. I wasn't going to use on anything else. Well, I mean, compared to like, you know, probably the subsidized bullshit that they have to feed normally. Uh, yeah. he's, he <laughs> says, um, as, as things go on, it'll, it'll get and they can grow more. It's going to go down in price and stuff, you know. So, you know, Bassman sure. said there, I'm disappointed nobody made a fried chicken oh. joke yet. <laughs> nice bass man uh, I was, nice <laughs> my wheels were turning man as soon as i, I couldn't think of anything though but that that's pretty those yeah. chicken are fried <laughs> nice, nice work 
Yeah, man. Yeah. And we also have uh, Aaron Dempsey in the chat there. Hey, everyone, finally managed to catch a live show, been listening to the podcast for weeks, finding it really informative. Nice. Cool. Thanks for joining us, man. It's good to have you here live with us. But sorry, TJ, mm. I just sort of interject there and say yeah, hi no, to that, the new guy. That's cool. That's cool. I wonder, like, you know, as a home grower, there, I don't have the regulations um, that other people i wonder if i could get in contact with some like craft chicken producer and, and give them all my leaves because i just put them in the compost mm. right now which is a great thing to do too but uh you can juice yeah. them as well okay yeah. would, would uh hemp leaves have the same benefit as, as these other leaves yeah probably i mean i don't know if they're really so after the grown in scale yeah and like well hemp and cannabis are the same it's just the cannabinoids yeah, that, yeah. Are, that make it hemp or cannabis but um right. long, yeah i mean as long as it's not laden with pesticide and uh and yeah because it it doesn't say specifically what what actually is giving these chickens the superiority whether it's the cannabinoids themselves or maybe something in the leaves um i don't know but uh yeah hey, interesting. it just works good we'll have to do more studies i think yeah more studies and then when you've done your studies we'll start fresh studies here in the uk uk chickens are way different of course yeah. yes <laughs> straight after that we'll do another one mm-hmm. that's right there you go <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's that's an statement, guys you know Very cool, everybody's though, gonna yeah. have to do their own studies uh, because well. we're all so different <laughs> I guess that means everybody will have to grow then because we'll need leaves for these studies, right? So exactly. Yeah, that's a plus. So yeah. we have uh, another story out of that country beginning with R. Oh, yes, we shouldn't yes. mention because we get YouTube flagged if you mention that specific country because it begins with R, everybody. All right. Rwanda. Yes. Rwanda. But that's a <laughs> that's another interesting one in the UK. Uh we're taking asylum seekers and shipping them back out to Rwanda. If they show up in the UK on the borders, they put them on planes. Send them out to Rwanda. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> the world's gone fucking mad, by the way. Did everybody know? Did everybody realize? Anyway, Russia. Oh, I said it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you tried so hard. I tried so hard, uh, man. Oh, uh, man. Oh, well. Sorry, okay. YouTube. Sorry, YouTube. Uh, <laughs> the R word sentences US teacher to 14 years for cannabis smuggling. Yeah. 14 years right now quick spoiler alert before we go on but this guy was only moving like 17 grams of cannabis it yeah, wasn't even a was. large amount well anyway right. the article goes on a russian court has sentenced a former u.s diplomat so not just a teacher he's a diplomat to 14 years in prison for large large scale yeah. Yeah, cannabis yeah, yeah. smuggling mark fogel had previously worked in at the u.s embassy in moscow but was employed as an English teacher in the city at the time of his arrest. Fogel was sentenced in the same jurisdiction that is hearing a marijuana-related case against U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner. Yeah. I don't know about what, what, what is uh, a basketball star got arrested for the same thing, I suppose. Yeah, what, I what are they all doing going over there anyway? It's like it's not not good not a good time to travel to the country beginning with R. Everybody, don't do it right now. There's, there's tension. I don't know if you're aware, but there's tension right now. Let's not go over there, man. Uh, cannabis is legal in many parts of the US, but remains illegal in the country that begins with R. The American citizen Fogel has been found guilty. A court in the Moscow suburb of Kimiki, Kimki, Kimkai, said in a statement, uh, the news release said that an English teacher had committed large-scale drugs smuggling in addition to large-scale illegal storage of drugs without a commercial purpose. Fogel, who is in his 60s, had around 17 grams, which is 0.6 ounces of cannabis, in his luggage when he was caught on the 15th of August 2021 at at a certain airport in the country beginning with R. He told lawyers, yeah, so... Shera Metievo. Anybody want to try that? <laughs> I didn't I, put I it on the screen. Everybody didn't see. Th- thank you, Marge. Thank you. You yes, all need a little bit of encouragement like that. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so guy got arrested for just 17 grams and he's going to do 15, 14 years. 14 years for 17 grams of cannabis, man. How fucking stupid is that? I think I read that story, though. And 
didn't the person who got arrested said something to the effect that they didn't think that their medical cannabis was illegal in Russia? And I'm thinking like, wait a minute, how have you not even checked the international law? You should always check when you go to another country, always. Mm -hmm. And it's stupid because it's his medicine. It's not as if Um, in a different country, he doesn't need his medicine anymore. No, but still, you don't want to bring it if, if you're going to get thrown in prison for 14 years. My just, point, yeah. just don't go there. Yeah. That's what I do when I go on holiday. I don't go on holiday to anywhere where cannabis is illegal. So, well, you know, I don't go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be able to go to Thailand, maybe. Any fried chicken. Yeah, Thailand's an option now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where was we on this article? Fogel in his 60s. Local authorities have not commented on the amount of drugs Fogel was carrying but Russian law defines a large amount of marijuana to be at least 100 grams. Hmm. So what are they doing? That's that's particular there. You know, how do they amplify her, you know, what, 16 grams to over 100 all of a sudden? Fogel said a doctor prescribed the drug for medical reasons after he had spinal surgery and that he was not aware medical marijuana was illegal in Russia. But like, as you said, man, you got to check that shit out before you go. Everywhere you go in the mm-hmm. country, please ask yeah, the embassy, ask the rules. Due diligence. And it's like, was he caught going into Russia then rather than out of Russia? So he'd been working in the, as an English teacher in Russia. So mm-hmm. did he coming back from the USA with some weed or something? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to make him stay there? Do you think... America's going to step in and be like, no, I don't think so, bro. I want my citizens this will, back. This will be one of those political trades again, probably. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Political fodder. Yeah. It happens all the time in these, in these, you know, opposing countries. We'll take one of yours and then, we'll, okay, well, fine. You want yours back? Give us ours back. Yeah, mm. I hate it. Damn. His sentence comes two days after the Kim Kai court delayed the trial yet again for Miss Griner. Also, it's a, a female, mm-hmm. star, a female basketball star, right? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what happened with her? Does anybody know the story there? It's a vape cart, wasn't it? She got stung with, she had a vape cart and her luggage or something. CBD. Wasn't... Yeah. CBD. And she, yeah. didn't, she didn't think CBD was illegal in other, in other countries. I kind of get a little bit more of that, but still, again, check the embassy people, check, yeah. ask. Mm-hmm. He says here as well, a couple of the sentences, uh, several U.S. citizens are currently in Russian jails, including former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan, who was sentenced in 2020 to serve 16 years for espionage. The U.S. also has several Russian citizens in prison. In April, the two countries agreed a prisoner swap in which a former U.S. Marine was exchanged for a Russian pilot who had been jailed since 2010. So it seems like you're right there with uh, going to start doing some prisoner exchanges. Right, I'll give mm-hmm. you this one if you give me that one. That's but the way it's done. Seventeen grams of cannabis, man. Seventeen grams. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Fourteen years for less than yeah. an ounce. You know, not even a gram a year. You're not going to make that last, are you? It's crazy, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so make sure if you're going on holiday anywhere, anybody for any reason, if you're leaving your country. Either don't take that shit, or if you're gonna take it, check the laws, man. Check the, yeah, make, right. make sure that you're not gonna get fucked over when you get to the other side, because it's not. You, you don't want to end up in prison for 14 years for just yeah. a couple of fucking splits in your pocket. Right. Be very uh, careful, some man. of these, uh, some of these prisons too are like not like Canadian prisons. Let's say mm-hmm. <laughs> they would be no, very, very different. You know, Early unless you go into Norway, and if you go into Norway, well, then then try and get arrested there because their prisons are sweet. You know, <laughs> that's right. So we had an interview with somebody early on. I forget who it was. His name, though. Early on, he got stuck in another country with like seven grams of hash. Yeah, that was Matt Graham when he went to Cyprus. And oh my gosh, listening to his story, mm-hmm. that was ridiculous. I think that was episode eight. Episodes are, yeah, episode eight, man. Good story. Well, I'd like to get him back on and do that interview again because he's a good guy. I like Graham. Yeah. Hope, he, hope he's doing well. Hope he's all right out there. Uh, Ballista says, cannabis users are nicer, it says, in the sun also. Funny you should say that, Ballista. We also have a story about who's related to that. I think that's yours. Oh, yes. much. Yeah, so where's what? Where's he getting this info? I haven't where's even he getting this information? my story. Yes, that's right. I guess maybe from <laughs> your show notes in the thing below. But yes, can Canada, <laughs> cannabis make you kinder? 
Can Canada make you yes. kinder? Definitely. Can cannabis make you kinder? A new study says yes. So this is, uh, I thought this was an interesting article because it's a study that was looking at, they claim it's the first study to demonstrate the non-clinical benefits of cannabis use among healthy young adults. So it seems like unlike any other, every other study where they're like, I don't know, like have medicinal applications or whatever. This one's just like, yeah, can it make you kinder? And they found that uh, cannabis consumers exhibit higher levels of pro-social behaviors and a heightened sense of empathy. And pro-social behaviors. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, that's not me. No, it makes you antisocial. I mean, no, you, maybe it does yeah, for some it, people, but it's illegal, and it that that's the that's yeah, what makes a difference for us. But it but it makes you smile at other people. Yes, I suppose it's true. Yeah. And if you're not in a great mood, it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. like all this kind of thing. Uh, led by researchers from the University of New Mexico and published in the Journal of Scientific Reports, the study is among the first to demonstrate the non-clinical benefits of cannabis, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they were looking at it wasn't like a huge study but they analyzed the psychological functioning of 146 college-aged students with varying levels of THC in their urine. So I guess this means that you had probably some heavy smokers and some less heavy smokers. Guess that means they're taking the piss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, controlling for factors like sex, age, ethnicity, and childhood socioeconomic status, researchers found that cannabis consumers scored higher on measures of pro-social behavior, empathy, moral harmlessness, I'm not really sure what that means actually, but moral fairness when compared to THC-free individuals. Uh, They also looked in particular at male cannabis consumers in this study who they say scored higher on agreeableness. So mm. ladies, if you're listening, if you need something from your guy, just get them high first. And then ask there you go. Look at this. Because <laughs> they're going to be way more agreeable. From the Bite Me podcast person. <laughs> That's right. Um, researchers believe the effects are transient and most of the observed differences between cannabis consumers and non-consumers were correlated with how much time had passed since consumers last used cannabis. Which is, what does that mean exactly? Mm, yeah, it's uh is worded a bit strange this one yeah supports that cannabis is triggered triggering behavioral and perceptual changes rather than that cannabis users and non-users differ fundamentally okay i i don't mm. know if i totally follow the transients that, but... of effect supports that cannabis is triggering me rather than cannabis users and non-users differ oh it's saying that it's the cannabis that's that's triggering those changes and not just that right. cannabis users and non-users differ fundamentally in their baseline approaches. So right. it, it removes that selective selection bias, I guess, that, you know, cannabis users are just fundamentally nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, a, it seems like it is the cannabis they're saying that is the, the, the trigger to make them nicer. Right. So smoking mm-hmm. weed can make you a better person basically is what they're saying i know i feel like this is what uh weed smokers have known since i don't know the mm. dawn of of humankind but we'll leave that as since your first joke, man. that's, <laughs> that's yeah. right uh but they go on to say which is interesting as well that pro-sociality is essential to society's overall cohesiveness and vitality and therefore cannabis's effect on our interpersonal interactions may eventually prove to be even more important just a societal well-being than its medicinal effects. So we all know, of course, how wonderful it is for what ails you, but they're saying that just for improving life in a community, is use cannabis. So I don't know, This is if this isn't an argument for legalization around the world, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Really? Let's stop yeah. world wars, you know? Let's yeah, all ex- smoke some weed. Exactly. Yeah, so that's one another reason why I really like this article. So it was just talking about how it just makes everybody better the I like the, about uh, it right then man they're the healing of the nation right yeah that's what it is yeah, yeah. i especially totally. like they point out the social fairness thing you know it's something with cannabis smokers you know you want fairness mm. for everybody you don't yeah. want to be better or worse than anybody just fair yeah yeah, yeah. and when they certain brands stoners would buy from instead because you know you go to the smaller craft market for example rather than buying from big corporations we seem to be more aware of things like that, more socially conscious of these different things. Mm-hmm. 
I've said that since the dawn of legalization here is that like this culture, this, this community of cannabis users, it, it's not like, like it's so ingrained, right? We, we know not just like what is good weed, but like the counterculture has been here so long and people that have used weed have had to like go out of their way essentially to use weed. And generally, um, I mean, here in Canada, it's kind of easy to, to get it. So, but it, the community still remains, right? And then when, when legalization comes in and these suits and these big companies and stuff start growing weed and, and trying to sell us the stuff, not only is it like, you know, I, I complain about the quality and stuff, but like, it's, it's the culture too. Like, you know, corporate weed is, is really an, an like antithesis to the whole, what I was just mentioning about the, the old cannabis culture. And like, you, like Mac, you mentioned, we know that we recognize that even if you don't like articulate it, like I'm trying to do right now, it's just, it's in you. Right. And you just feel like, I don't know, like fucking greasy. So mm. for these, <laughs> yeah. And like for the people to come in and like try and convince you um, and like market to us, you know, it always reminds me of that Bill Hicks marketing thing. It's like, we know what you're doing. We know that you know like just give us good fucking weed and don't like don't fucking try and convince us and and like schmooze us and all this stuff you don't need to do that if you're providing a good product but it's not so Mm. um yeah we we're definitely heavily aware of that and probably smoking the cannabis helps with that you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. but so there's a couple sorry uh were you moving on to the next? No, story? no, we still got time. Okay. If you want to talk okay. about, you just gonna say. no, I was just, I was just. They just mentioned a couple other studies in this that sort of correlates with what they're talking about um, in the in initial study. But Harvard, there's a study done out of Harvard where they found the effective treatment for chronic pain sufferers obviously was um, also associated with improvement in patients' moods. And they did another study out of Canada involving over 7,300 pa- patients that found statistically significant improvements in anxiety and depression. Now, of course, that's more of the medical side, but it does still correlate with the whole idea that smoking weed just improves your mental health, makes Mm -hmm. you kinder, pro-social, and therefore we should just legalize cannabis everywhere and try and uh, give more craft growers the opportunity to compete against the big guys. As Bill Hicks said, we shouldn't just legalize it. It should be mandatory. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But obviously not really mandatory. It's people's choice, but you know, it would be nice if we did that. So we also have another news story from Thailand. Again, really leading the way. Yes. Okay. So that's, that would be me. Um, the monkey is like... on location right now in Thailand. <laughs> yes. There's <laughs> monkey from South Thailand. No, not happening. <laughs> but anyway, no, you know, we had read a news story not long ago. Becky had presented one about the uh, Thailand government giving out about a million cannabis plants and cannabis becoming legal. Well, it seems like suddenly Thailand is in a rush now to uh, craft a set of rules with the new legal market. Um, Thailand hastily issued a raft of new regulations for cannabis use this week after a long planned decriminalization raised alarm at the potential unchecked use for the substance from anywhere and anyone, including children. Seems like they said cannabis was legal, but they forgot to say kids can't take it. Oh, <laughs> but that should go so without saying. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's just it. And, and let's, keep, let's keep going through the article because that's, that's exactly what they, they thought. So anyway, soon after the country became the first Asian country to legalize uh, what they call, uh, how did they, they put it, um, supply or... Uh, Source buses is what they refer to them, started showing up in Bangkok. Basically, this is the food truck of weed. It shows up on the street. Like an ice cream man, but brings weed? <laughs> like the ice cream man for weed. And workers and, yeah. and tourists just show up and start spending money. Now, this is not exactly what Thailand had in mind. Thailand yes. is looking for a medical program and not looking for, med- for cannabis tourists and just basically people going crazy. Somebody was so, definitely watching Nice Dreams because that's the, the start <laughs> of the movie, Nice Dreams. You know, they're yeah. Chong and the ice cream truck. 
<laughs> there was a, 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 a news story on Reuters strictly about the truck and they had pictures. It basically looked like one of those like a food trucks you'd see at a fair with the big yeah. sliding window on it and just had the, jar, had the jars of cannabis right there in the window. You'd just go up to it and the guy opened the window. And nice. Yeah, that would, that would be pretty awesome. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if that was here in Saskatoon, I can say like they would be, they wouldn't even be on the streets because they'd already be sold out, you know. And watch you and when it plays, it drives around, man. Afro man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, according reggae, to the yeah. story, the rapid rise in cannabis use has sparked concern from the Bangkok officials that Deputy Permanent Secretary, uh, and it's, I think, believe it would be Wantiti Wantana, said at least one person has died and several were hospitalized from smoking marijuana. What? Now, mm. died, that's is where I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> questioning this, you know, because yeah. that's, you'd have to, you'd have to basically suffocate yourself before cannabis would kill you. And it's not the cannabis, it's the smoke and the lack of exactly. oxygen. It's not actually the THC. No, the THC, I, I believe, and I think it's been proven that you could pass out from the THC before this, you, you yeah, inhale, think... inhale that much smoke. So anyway, so again, I found that that part of the article might be slightly misleading and maybe alarmist, but you know, at least at least they're trying though. So a, a draft cannabis bill is making its way through parliament, but it could be months before it becomes law. And there's no control measures other than the word of mouth in Thailand at this point. How's that, guys? Mm. You know, I think you can do this. Well, I don't know. Can you do this? It basically means anybody who gets arrested for doing something wrong with cannabis in Thailand right now, because it's a word of mouth. I know if it was in the States or the UK, it couldn't be prosecuted because there's no written law. Yeah, that seems like it's just like setting people up to get arrested almost. Yeah. Because they're like, well, I thought I could do it. Nope, you can't. You should have known better. It's like, well, fucking who told me? Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, on Friday, new regulations went into effect, and they're basically by word of mouth, and it, uh-huh. it uh, forbids public smoking of cannabis, as well as the sale of cannabis to people under the age of 20, or pregnant uh-huh. women, or breastfeeding mothers, and the rules were pub- publicized in the Royal Newspaper. Several other rules include banning cannabis from schools, requirements that retailers provide clear information on how to use cannabis in food and drink, and the application of health law that defines smoke from cannabis as a public nuisance and punishable by jail or fine. That's a real so nice change. Marge should jump in there, man. You need to contact Todd and Marge because they're looking for retailers to provide clear information on usage of cannabis in food and drinks, which is what you pretty much do on your podcast. That's right. And if anybody has any connections where I can be a consultant, a uh, highly paid one, preferably. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, come on, Thailand. Yeah, so you share. Reader Steve <laughs> is working in Thailand right now. Is Maybe it? he could. Have, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got some some uh, business ventures there, I believe. Nice. I believe. Ooh. I believe. Well, yeah. it should be a big venture going on there. I mean, the whole, Thailand is the first Asian country to go this route, so you know how that goes. That it kind of gives them a, uh, a keystone effect in there. You can yeah. either you know, everybody can come to them for the information and all that stuff. It could really do well for them. I wonder but if yeah, they're the gonna... crazy thing about this article, though, it's Thailand's health minister is basically saying that we legalize cannabis for medical use and for health. Any other use beyond this is inappropriate and we need laws to control it. So congratulations, Thailand, for getting legal cannabis. But this sounds like it's two steps back instead of one step back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they need to see that study that was done that makes it uh, cannabis nice like, people makes you nicer. Yeah. And then they'd be like, well, that's good for the health of our society. So. Yeah, let's not restrict it too much. Yeah, remember Thai stick? Remember Thai stick? Yeah. yeah. Remember? Remember Thai? Remember Thai? Yeah. I times. could imagine, though, any, I can't imagine any country, government, legislature, though, going out and saying something is legal and forgetting to go ahead and set guidelines like, like minimum consumption age. So, hmm. Yeah. I, and I thought the U.S. government, uh, our, our, our politics was horrible. Just horrible in a different way. Yeah, man. To that, to that uh, Thai stick comment, though, I have a, a quandary or a, I, I wonder, I'm one, I smoke too much hash. I can't think of the words I want. I wonder, Thailand is known for, you know, Thai cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they'll be like focusing on that or if it's going to be just flooded with runts and skittles and fucking bullshit like that, like everywhere else. Probably for people. You know. My opinion, and it's strictly that, would be they're probably going to go to the bullshit and the California strains and stuff like that, and the Canadian yeah. stuff and everything. Because mm-hmm. that's what's out there right now. But, but yeah, they would do themselves a favor, especially for, you know, diehard cannabis connoisseurs, if they would at least preserve those, those favorites, that tie stick that everybody's heard about all your life. Oh, those 
Thai, yeah, Thai weed. I've never had pure Thai weed, but you know, we talked to Kevin Jodry about it, and it's legendary stuff. It's like Hermy prone, mm-hmm. you know, illusion there, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of foreshadowing. Never but it finishes. In it. Otherwise, it's Thai weed. You know? Yeah, it's like, but it's, I guess it's just like psychedelic and just like wonderful and the taste and all this stuff. Mm. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Hopefully that's, Maybe we just, that's still around. We need to contact Breeder Steve if he's over there and see about some seeds. Mm. Mm. Just give him yeah. a shout, see what he's saying. I'm sure he'd like to go on the show again. <laughs> it's always good to get Breeder Steve You on. know, it's, this, this article talked about the, the, the reason Thailand went and legalized was one thing was it was an economic thing. COVID had really, oh, I said that word, damn it. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Then we got uh, Russia, we got with, COVID. Fuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as, thing, as, sure. as it shut down the world, it really affected Thailand's economy super bad because they're highly tourist based. And so this is yeah. one way that they were thinking it, they could help recover their economy. But I'm thinking like if you're going to ban it for recreational uses for, for tourists and whatnot like that, man, you're missing the boat here. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, considering considering they legalized it and didn't give anybody any information other than printed it in a local newspaper, um, <laughs> Why can't they do that I mean, in the United States? I mean, I would be legal for years after that. Like, hey, it's in the paper. I think somebody in the government's smoking. You know, it's like, what well, weed isn't legal? Yeah, just make it legal at school, man. Your weed's legal now, everybody. Yeah, don't worry about it. That's yeah. it. Honestly, we'll deal, though, with, I, deal with the rest later. If I can be a bit like optimistic, I think nothing bad is going to happen. The only bad thing, and this is a subjective bad is, you know, maybe that they don't have their, their financials, the government doesn't have their financials in, in place, so they're not going to make as much tax money as they would have liked, mm-hmm. which is why here in Canada, it took so fucking long to legalize, and then lo and behold, nothing bad happened. Legalization, like, the, the sky doesn't fall, right? I think that's the best argument for legalization, is legalization, you know, like, all the arguments immediately fall apart, like, mm-hmm. they never ever come to fruition, you know, except for we're not making enough money because of X, Y taxes aren't there, but that's a bullshit fucking argument mm-hmm. only by bureaucrats and, and regulators for the rest of us, mm-hmm. nothing bad happens. So in Thailand, I predict the same. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, more good news out of Thailand there. Congratulations, Thailand for another step forward and a little bit backwards, but you're heading in yeah. the right direction. And until they crack down on you guys, enjoy it. You enjoy, know? enjoy. <laughs> and then Just we don't have, get yourself uh, arrested. Yeah. Just you know, stay secretive, man. They'll be smoking out on the street too much until the no, gold. Respect is other down. people. Don't yeah, don't smoke yeah. it around kids. Don't 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 be don't be ugly. I mean, all, the cannabis community should know this anyway. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know about the Thailand cannabis community, but anytime you're out anywhere, you don't want to sit there and irritate people with your cannabis consumption. But do it do it mm-hmm. respectfully. Mm-hmm. Be a responsible user or, or supplier if that's your thing now in Thailand. You know, don't be selling to kids, man. Do a responsible no. thing. Which, mm-hmm. which cannabis users tend to do. I've heard of a study lately that says that cannabis users are generally nice people. So yes. I think yeah. and responsible, be nice, right. yeah, happy people, yeah. Mm-hmm. One more news story from the land of nope ropes and drop bears. Oh, my God. We do, we do. Um, so this one comes, uh, it's actually at an, a New South Wales parliamentary uh, inquiry. So Greens member Kate Feynman seeks to amend road laws. So we've had a massive issue here. And I know that um, I believe Canada's had a bit of an issue <clears throat> as far as organising how how to work out um, impairment versus it just being in your system. So our, the way they do our road tests here are, are a lick test. Um, so you get pulled over they'll um they'll pull a little lick test out you run it across your tongue and if it comes up and says there's thc yeah. in your system that's it you get what do you, um, you'll use your license for it what, what do you have to lick is it is it their boots is are you licking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. it's, it's yeah. sad it, it's it really is i'm you know and this is this is the whole point this is what we've um you know this, this is what we've all been screaming about for the last couple of years ever since they legalized it um as as in the medical industry um so anyway i'll just pop down on here uh, new south wales government has slammed um a, a parliamentary inquiry parliamentary inquiry i don't know why i'm saying it weird on thursday for directly linking the main compound in cannabis to road fatalities kate Feynman, a greens member of the new south wales legislative council asked the government whether there was specific data on thc related fatalities to show that its mobile drug testing scheme has been successful 
Um, so it goes on obviously to say THC is psychoactive part of the cannabis plant that can produce the feelings of relaxation. Um, so the government suggests that of 264 fatal crashes in New South Wales in 2020, THC was a major factor in nearly 60 deaths. Um, and Kate's asking how that was determined. Uh, the chief for the Centre of Road Safety with Transport for New South Wales said this related to the presence of THC in a driver's blood, um, which Ms Feynman replied, so the presence of THC in the driver's blood makes you draw the conclusion that THC was a factor. Are you serious? You can't be serious. Uh, did the government draw that conclusion or was that a peer-reviewed research that found THC was a factor in nearly 60 deaths or do you just mean that it was present in their system? Uh, Mr. Carlton then referred the question to Professor Jennifer Martin, a clinical pharmacologist representing John Hunter Hospital and the Hunter New England Health Local District. Um, the difference between being a factor and the cause, we have this is the problem in medicine all the time, Professor Martin said. It's often done on probabilities in the whole environment. People with THC in their bodies are often taking other medications as well. It can be difficult to be certain what has done what. There's a difference between being 100% sure on casualty as opposed to being a factor that is known to contribute to people's impairment, which is known to contribute to death. Uh, the New South Wales Legislative, Legislative Council inquiry heard that people using prescribed medicinal cannabis were being discriminated against as they faced criminal penalties if THC was detected in their saliva at roadside drug tests. Users of other prescription drugs such as opiates, benzodiazepines and sedating antidepressant drugs, however, can drive without facing such penalties. Boom. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. So le leaders from the community, legal and academic sectors asserted that users of medical cannabis should be able to drive without the fear of facing drug driving charges. The inquiry held by the Upper House's Law and Justice Committee is examining Ms. Feynman's bill to amend road laws to enable a medical cannabis exemption. So the bill seeks to exclude users of medical cannabis from the application of the offences relating to driving while a prescribed illicit drug is present in a person's oral fluid, blood or urine. Uh, the New South Wales Law Society has submitted uh, to the inquiry that the government had provided a medical defence to those who legitimately use morphine for their pain. Uh, we consider it appropriate to provide the same defence for those who legally use medicinal cannabis. Uh, Professor Ian McGregor of Lambert Initiative for Cannabinoid Therapeutics at the University of Sydney told the inquiry that more than 130 conditions were being treated with medical cannabis uh, products in Australia. More than 250,000 prescriptions had been issued by about 4,000 prescribing doctors since the National Medicinal Cannabis Scheme began in 2016. Um, so this has become a mainstream medicine that exaggerates uh, even further the need to deal with the driving issue, uh, Professor McGregor said. Professor McGregor said treatment of cancer symptoms was in the top 10 conditions for which medicinal cannabis was prescribed. He said it was difficult to attract people undergoing chemotherapy to a study into medicinal cannabis due to the driving restrictions. So these patients are being told, sorry, you're not allowed to drive for the duration of the several weeks of that trial. And they estimate that about 50% of potential recruits to the trial had walked away for that reason. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you can't drive. No, I'm sorry, I'm gone. You know, you take my car from me. You, you take, saying that they won't be able to drive for two weeks. That's crazy talk, man. Yeah. And, well, and for so, several I weeks. I mean, wow. Nah. Well, this is the thing. So for the entirety of the trial, um, so they're saying yeah. that this is particularly acute in regional and rural New South Wales where people have to drive to get around. Mm -hmm. Now, for those not familiar with Australia as a whole. The size of Australia, you really have down there. Sometimes if you don't drive, you don't move, do you? Yeah, right. So a lot of people um, and, and we, you know, regardless of where you live, um, you, you pretty well need a car. Um, our, unless you live in a main city, um, so somewhere Ooh. like, you know, Brisbane or Sydney or Victoria, uh, but you know, Melbourne or wherever, um, you need a car. It's it, everything is so far in between. I mean, you can't mm -hmm. just, just casually nip down to the shops. It's it's a thirty minute drive, you know. So um, every yeah. everything is so far away from each other that it becomes hard without a license. And and if you know, this is what they're saying is you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to you should be able to get behind the wheel of the car um, while using medicinal cannabis provided you're using it correctly and not right. not high behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the inquiry also examined how long THC stays in a person's system. Uh, Dr. Thomas Arkell, a researcher, fell, a research fellow at Swan or Swinburne University of Technology said it's very hard to say exactly how long it stays in your system. 
In oral fluid, which is what drug or roadside drug testing uses, it's highly variable for a lot of people. It can be gone within a couple of hours. Um, been running the study over the last year with patients in Victoria. Some people are still testing positive the following morning for somewhere between 10 to 12 hours after they would have last used a dose of whatever product they've been prescribed. Uh, Dr. Arkell said that it was possible that THC can be present in your oral fluid and you're not impaired at all. Mm -hmm. It may be for some people that it does reflect recent drug use and impairment, but it's not a reliable indicator of impairment. Um, so Dr. Arkell said the issue comes back to civil liberties. The real comparison we should be making is to other medicines that patients already do take and drive under the influence of. We should treat all med medicine equally, um, which, which this is the point. This is what we've been talking about for, for however long now that it's not, you know, it's the only, it's the only legal medicine that's, that's prescribed by a doctor that you cannot drive on. It's the only one <clears throat> that carries this risk of losing your license. And it's not that's stupid. Man, it's, 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 I, I can take Oxycontin and still drive. Motherfucker, yep. I was out in the sun working yesterday and I probably would have crashed if I would have drove because I was like dizzy and shit. I wasn't on anything, you know? Big stroke phase, yeah. I mean, there's, there's yeah. so many other things that can impair your driving you find that, that are not even yeah. drugs. Lack oh, of sleep, sleep, having an depression. argument with somebody, yeah. you know, if you have an argument with the missus and you jump in the car, you drive off, you're like, fucking, you fucking bitch, you know, you drive off yeah. all angry and shit. That, that's looking at your like, cell phone when you should be paying that's, I crashed my truck because of that. I drove into a fucking pole because I didn't want to go out and visit with some stupid friends because they're annoying. Yeah, turn the wrong way and hit a pole. Yeah, That's extreme, it was a, man. You can just say no, you know. Teacher. I know, exactly. but I was I was already mad and it was late and all this shit, right? It was mm. a long story. Anyway, should we make friends illegal? We should. I think so. Know. I think well, this is so. <clears throat> pardon me. On that point, it comes it further on down. It says that Dr. Michael White, a drugs and driving researcher with the School of Psychology at the University of Adelaide, said that the risk of a crash while impaired with cannabis was a lot less than alcohol. Uh, he said commonly held position was that cannabis increased the risk of crashing by 40%, adding that that risk was very low. In a matter of getting to that 40% into perspective, it's a lot less than alcohol at 0.05, which is, that's the limit here, <clears throat> is 0.05 blood alcohol concentration, and that doubles your risk of crashing at 0.05. Wow. Uh, it's a lot less than traveling at five kilometers over the speed limit in a 60 kilometer an hour zone, which also dub doubles your crash risk. And the mm -hmm. use of a motorbike increases the risk of crashing 30 fold, wow. 3000%. Um, so if you look at all road safety problems, including other drugs like uh, benzodiazepines and opiates, cannabis is a way down at the bottom of the list as far as crash risk goes. It's a very small risk yeah. compared with almost any other cause of concern to road safety. So um, I could so, drop Ambien and go riding around Australia illegal, huh? Yeah, correct. So there is no oh, that you can have <laughs> anything, anything that is medically prescribed, except for cannabis. Cannabis wow. is the only one you cannot have and drive, and um, and that's that's the problem. Um, so they're saying, you know, there's a difference between someone who's a regular user of medicinal cannabis taking that substance in consultation with a doctor and a young bloke who's just stoned off his brain. Um, so. They're, they're basically they've been going through and just saying you know that we need to change it it's it's at the point now where you know 250,000 prescriptions um 4,000 prescribing doctors and people are starting to see the benefit it's becoming more prevalent now people are people are going well I don't want to fill myself full of opiates if I can get something out of cannabis and then I don't feel bad the next morning it's it's better for me I, you know it resonates better with my system and so on and so forth um so, I mean, and we've been, we've been in the cannabis community here screaming about this for years, you know, when, when they first brought these things out um, and even at, at the last um, Mardi Gras, which is our, our big sort of um, protest, 420 protest we do here, and that's up in Nimbin. Um, the, last, the last one they had, they, every road in or out of Nimbin had a drug bus set up and, and they were testing everyone in, everyone out. So and in, including and you know and this is including and uh, including people like the the keynote speakers, um, politicians, whoever wow. didn't matter. You were getting tested. Fucking um, hell! How's that legal, man? That's fucked up. Well, this is the thing. This is this is why they were. You know, they're, they're like, it can't be. This can't be fair. It's discriminate. It's discriminating. And the fact that if it was if it wasn't discriminatory, 
they wouldn't have had it set up there. They clearly know that it's it's a it's an event aimed at cannabis users and and um and the industry. So they set these buses up. You can't tell me that's targeted. That's not targeted. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't say it that it's it's a random because this is this is the whole thing. They call it RDT, which is random drug testing, same as RBT, so random breath tests. Um, so breath test being for alcohol, obviously. Um, so they're saying that, you know, it's a, it, under the premise of it being random, you can't set it up on every road in and out mm-hmm. and say that it's just random if you're testing everyone. Like that's that's not random. That's targeted. Um, so there was a big, uh, a big thing about that, um, even to the point where one of the politicians, Kate, actually, Kate Feynman, the, the one that's dropped this inquiry into the um, into submission here, said that um, she had a video of her doing the test and the copper that came out and gave her the test wasn't wearing gloves. So all of a sudden it brings in the contamination part. And this was at the height of the pandemic. So this is at a time when, you know, personal, uh, keeping things clean and, and cross-contamination was key. And uh, this, this particular officer was standing by the road, not using gloves and testing people without gloves. So, you know, uh, apart from the fact that, you don't know what's on this this police officer's hand. They're going from car to car with the same pair of gloves. With the, well, with no, yeah, exactly. They're not washing their hands in between. Exactly. They're not wearing yeah. gloves. Um, so, so Kate ended up getting a majority of those thrown out. Um, yeah. The majority of any charges on that weekend thrown out simply because of that. Um, and and then so so yes, I mean, look, I, I suppose we're getting some movement. Um, so some movement. In that. Somebody there has got the right kind of idea of what's going on mm, that's yeah. that's the idea is that we're trying to just get a little bit of common sense back into it you know you mm-hmm. can't you can't say yes sweet no worries you can have it you legally prescribed it and then book that person a week later and say that they're driving with an illicit substance because if it's medically prescribed it's not an illicit substance mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, it's not it's if it's legal for me it's technically not an illicit substance so why am i being charged with that and it's cool. if you if you get if you get charged for it, it's you lose your license on the spot. You cannot right. drive, right? So mm-hmm. if you test positive, that's it. You pull your car over to the side. You've got twenty four hours before you're allowed to drive again. So this is the stupid thing. They go, okay, if you test positive, you've got twenty four hours, right? Chances are though, if you're if 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 you're um, a medicinal user, you go back to pick that car up. You're gonna test positive again, aren't you? <laughs> so yeah. you know it's it's a double edged sword and. Um, and, and from there on, you then have to drag your ass through court to explain why, um, or you just cop it on the chin and you lose your license for six months. And losing your license for six months is huge for yeah. anyone here in, yeah. in Australia. Um, again, unless you live in a major city where public transport's an option, um, because you just can't go anywhere. You know, what, what if you need, and especially a lot of these people that are medicinal users are using it because they're sick. They're using it because they have issues that they need to go and see their doctors. They need to get to the hospital. They need to get to appointments and they can't do that if they've lost their license because of this stupid law. So fingers crossed, we get some movement on it. And it looks, it looks promising so far. Um, But again, you know, we've had things look promising and then it all turn around and go to shit in the last five minutes. So we'll see. I hope Canada can take some cues from this. Cause like, I mean, I could have said, you know, I've been sitting here nodding the whole fucking time because you could substitute Canada for Australia and it's the exact same issue. Your neck must be hurting a bit by now because that was a long one, to be fair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's, but it's it's all completely true. And I'm I'm living proof of this, you know, like I mm-hmm. am a medical user. I need a car to go to my things that I do. And uh, yeah, I'm not impaired. But if a cop pulls me over and gives me the drag or drug test 5000, fucking whatever the stupid <laughs> shit name is, I'm fucked. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the same with me. I'm, I'm medicinally prescribed and, you know, I don't, I, I have the script to, you know, for a few different reasons, but I, you know, I grow my own, so I'm not really that stressed about that side of it, but I am right. stressed about the driving side because yeah, I'm, true. I'm in the same boat, you know, I've got to drive, I've got to go places. Mm-hmm. Damn, you lose your license, it's going to really mess you up. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's oh, it. Yeah, can't go time. anywhere. Can't do anything. Can't work, and then you, you know, and and you can't get to work. You can't do any of that. You know, all of all of a sudden, you ruin your life. Yeah, we're in a metropolis. We barely have a functioning bus system here, so you know, 
you have to have a car mm. i swear it's a conspiracy that they yeah. make you have a car you know but that's another it's the same where topic. i am too i mean if you're in a big city like toronto it's great there's you know there's certainly options if you don't have a car but it's definitely more difficult in a lot of yeah. places you shouldn't you try to go out and get to. mugged on yeah well, that's the thing you shouldn't have to if you want to do that that should be your choice but if you're just you have to because you're a medical user then fuck that mm-hmm. yep yeah. Well, I mean, look, I've, I've plenty of times I've been waiting for a bus here and the bus just never turned up. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure. Yeah. If that's, if that's, that's it, how, if, how if they going. could provide safe and reliable public transport for everybody, a lot less people would drive, but it's just not yeah. the mm-hmm. case. Is it? It's like the buses or the trains you get on are often in shit condition. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, they're not yeah. nice places to be and then they just don't show up on time and when you have to rely on these places on these modes of transport to get to work on time then yeah. it's just right. not good if is it this is why you drive your car instead because you know you're going to get from one place to the other safely and on time something well, like in my city too do. if you miss the bus the next one doesn't come for another 40 minutes so if you have yeah. a place to be then you're fucked oh, basically yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst, the worst part about it is that there's a there's a defense if you're on methadone. So wow. like you can drive around on methadone, but Jeez. you can't on medicinal cannabis. They can't tell me that's fair. No. You know what I mean? Like it's well, just especially wrong. since you can be you can be pulled on cannabis even if you're not under the effect of it. You just have it in your system. That's that's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a there was a story um, a, a few years back about a guy that got pulled over, got tested, came back positive said to the cop, look, I, you know, I haven't used it in a few days. And the cop, then he goes, what, how long should I wait before I drive? And the cop said to him, wait a week. So wow. this kid waits, this, this, yeah. So this kid goes ahead, waits nine days from the yeah. last time he smoked, gets pulled over, tests positive, dragged through the court system again. Because of, wow. So and nine so what are you days. Supposed to do? You're supposed to wait two months after you this is, yeah, it this depends is, how much organized. fat you've got in your body because the, the THC combines <laughs> the fat. And... That, that means us Americans, we're going to have to wait a long you know time. I mean? <laughs> You're never driving again, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, um, you know, a good story. Well, not a good story, but at least there's shit being done in, and you're heading in the right direction because it's a major problem for a lot of us cannabis, cannabis users is sure. the fact yeah. that just because we have cannabis in our system, which can be in your system for a long fucking time. And as we've said, say if you're a female or, or a male with long hair, you, you know, you got hair that's a, a couple of foot long, then that's going to be holding... A couple of foot? Yeah. Like, you, uh, the TG's got long me. hair like that, isn't it? Yeah, and my hair is like thirty-eight inches. States and you're a hippie. Yeah, so that's what. Oh, I, I get said. to. That's long. People man. fucking. Uh, yeah, they look at me fucked because my hair is like thirty-eight inches long. It's over three feet long. So. Yeah, you know. So wow. look how how long is it taking you to grow that TG? Ten years or something. Um, so you're going to test positive in every fucking inch of that hair. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You probably smoke my hair, man. It would be like 20%. Yeah. Kind I mean, of you could quit smoking now for like 10 years, mate, and they'd still t- take a piece of your hair off and be like, no, no, he's fucked. Take his license. Yeah. I wonder if you could use my hair as like, you know, an ice core thing and look through it and see where I smoked this mm-hmm. and that and you know oh you're smoking skunk for a couple oh, look there's there's <laughs> maui wowie that was back yeah. in 1999 look <laughs> oh man you see the trends of the weed over the years yeah, yeah. anyway so, yeah let's move on let's uh quickly some forum and podcast news we don't have much forum news there's six players left in the hlg comp so uh good luck to all of you guys keep an eye out for what's going on on the forum over the next couple of days and we should get that finished off within the next week or so so best of luck, everybody. But we wanted to give a quick shout out to Happy Juneteenth. You know that whole June 19th yes, thing? Yes, yes, yes. Monkey, you want to take that away? You know about this. It's an American festival, right? Oh, no. I mean, I don't know a whole, whole bunch about it. Right. But yeah, it, it's, it's basically, uh, as I understand it, uh, the day that Black people celebrate the news that the Civil War was over and they were free. In, That's in, right. And the, the Civil States. War ended on, what, what was it, the 8th or the 5th of April in 1865, I think right. it was. And, and as I understand it, and look, this is a stoner giving you an explanation. So don't don't tell me I'm wrong because I, I'm probably wrong. But it was some town in Texas mm-hmm. that the slaves were freed on something in mid June. So it's Juneteenth. This yeah. is what I was told. Because the I news didn't it. get to them straight away. It took a while for the news to get from uh, Washington yeah. down to the uh, the lower states in Texas, for example. And so this year, the United States is celebrating that as a federal holiday. 
Oh. Mackie, That's if you had a million... Sorry, just a random question there from Arnie Scarpa. Mackie, if you had an, a million pounds to spend on the fight to legalise cannabis in the UK, mm. what would you do? Advertisement, mate? That's what it's all about. The more you can get people into this fight, you can get on the fucking TV, get on the news, all things like that. If you can get out to more people, then they'll have the fight for you. But that's the best thing you can do, man. I think anyway. Well, that's what Tommy Chong basically says. All it takes is the money. Mm-hmm. That's what he told us. But it's a good question, man. What would you do? Everybody out there in the chat, in the comments, let us know if you had a million, what would you do with it to help the fight to legalize cannabis in the UK? Yeah, it's it's got to be media in a positive way, wouldn't you guys mm-hmm. think? You know, uh, we got to turn the tide up. We got we got to reverse what was done in the '30s to make the stuff evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait. or maybe you could just like bribe the right people. <laughs> yeah, that's another good point. Oh, yeah, hell, yeah. <laughs> go see Boris. That's right. Yeah. So yes, uh, and that's very really the Juneteenth thing. There, that's all the cannabis news. there we go everybody that was this week's cannabis news if you have any news stories that you see this week that you would like us to report on next week's show then head over to percysgrowing.com and let us know you can message me there just uh, search for Mackie go to my profile and click send message you can also message monkey over there as well of course you can also find us on social networks uh, instagram facebook twitter just search for high and homegrown and you'll be able to find us there send us a message with any of the news articles you'd like us to cover it'll be good to hear from you But uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for downloading. I hope you can share the show with your friends. That would really help the show grow. Uh, But for now, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll catch you on Wednesday for the interview. And don't forget about Friday for the Bro Guides about Amaphrodites. So we'll catch you then. Enjoy, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) 